spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is! Switzerland and Shakiri have scored in the 90th minute. That was worth the price of admission alone. This is Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. I was telling the guys from the wheelhouse, I'm going to have to keep the energy up here after they uh, left here. They were having too much fun. Good end to that show. uh, And a lot of fun. Of course, Andrew Carlson continues... uh, Behind the glass here tonight, it's a big day for him. 4-0 victory for Arsenal. Uh, as always, this show is presented by the Daspit Law Firm, and we got a lot to get into tonight. Copa del Rey talk, Mexican soccer declining. Is this possible? Uh, we will talk about that tomorrow. Real Madrid and Barcelona in the Copa del Rey. My thoughts on the Dynamo, their opener. Jose Mourinho loses his mind with Roma. I am not fantastic. He's not fantastic. He was sent off. And I think he's been sent off more than any player in the Italian Serie A. So Arsenal got it done today, 4-0 against Everton. We'll talk about that. Uh, Bukayo Saka hit a fantastic call. I call it a postage stamp because if you look at the goal where you would put that nobody's probably sending too many letters anymore, but don't forget uh, the art of a good handwritten letter. It makes a big difference with people. But anyway, uh, the stamp in that corner, that's where he stuck it. Uh, for the opening goal and ultimately the game-winning goal. So Arsenal um, getting it done here today. Uh, we got some talk from Arteta. Uh, Manchester United winning 3-1 to over West Ham in the FA Cup. Of course, they won the Moose Cup as well. It's a trophy. It's a win. It's good for Manchester United. Ten Hag is pulling off one of the managerial moves of the year in how he has changed the environment there, the setup, the competitive nature of that squad. Uh, with his staff. Call-in number is 713-780-3776. 713-780-3776. We're streaming, obviously, here at ESPN975.com. And when you want the podcast, that's where you get it. All right, we got a good show for you tonight. Jordi Sunier from TV3 in Barcelona and I will preview the Real Madrid-Barcelona Copa del Rey semifinal tomorrow. Hector Casteltort used to live here in Houston. He worked for the Houston Dynamo in communications. He is now the head of international communications for Osasuna. We're going to do a bit with him on Osasuna, who, by the way, today won 1-0 in a historic Copa del Rey first leg against uh, Athletic Club Bilbao. Um, Hector and his club that he's at, it's a very provincial club. Uh, A lot of players that come through the club system, the player development program, their academy, and then they sprinkle in a couple of signings. But... They're very clear on how they do it, uh, very clear on how they build their teams there. Well, they made history today, as I mentioned, a 1-0 victory. We'll talk to Hector. It's, it's pretty interesting to hear about a club like this from Pamplona, Spain. Victor Ariza will join me today. Uh, third segment here tonight, we'll talk Houston Dynamo and that one. Uh, the Dynamo match against Cincinnati, uh, some things to put a circle around right now that, that, that still remain unknown, but... Look, it was a good start. There are pos- positives to take out of that. We've got some Ben Olsen sound, the Dynamo manager. Uh, and But we have some real questions that are not answered yet. So it's, it's not, you know, it's one game in. Nobody's going to know uh, everything. But we do have 
a couple of things, and as does every team in the league, that you know, you, you're interested to see if it's going to come good. Um, so we'll talk about that tonight. Brad Feldman, 25 years as a commentator with New England Revolution. Uh, he's going to come on tonight. He'll give us his point of view. He's also going to talk uh, about Casado, the new Dynamo signing in midfield. So we'll get the view from the opposition. And, of course, you can call the show at 713-780-3776. So Victor's out there already on Twitter saying, hey, call the show tonight. So, look, Dynamo fans, you know, a lot of you have social media thoughts on what goes on. Call the show. Uh, I mean, if you're the big, big, bold, opinionated uh, soccer fan out there, call the show. And you know what? You don't have to agree with me. And what I say is not always correct either. Uh, but let's get some debate going. We've got to get some people fired up talking about this game in this town a little bit more. And, and outside of the safety of just what you do on social media, come on live. Because when you come on live, you can have some back and forth. You can debate a little bit. And if your stuff's good, I'm going to debate with you. But you've got to have the, uh, you know, get the bravado. Come on, let's go. The waters are friendly here. We know that. 713-780-3776. Uh, we'll take your thoughts, too, on Real Madrid-Barcelona tomorrow. I know the Houston, uh, Houston Coolis uh, supporters group, uh, the Peña Madrista here in Houston. Um, I'm missing one of the uh, supporters groups for Real Madrid. And honestly, Real Madrid's the favorite going into this game Thursday. There's no question right now. They haven't lost in six. Barcelona's got a bit of a crisis going on. They just lost to Almeria. Uh, 1-0, two losses in a row for them. By the way, Almeria, they had one shot on goal the entire game. So now if you want to go look at uh, statistics and data, you'll look at it and you'll see everything in the favor of Barcelona except for one shot on goal. They were listless. They, they were unalive. They were not up for the moment. They were fatigued. They were an absolute... I, I, somebody put something in their drinking water. I mean, it was unbelievable how bad they were uh, against Almira. We'll hear more from Jordi Sunier of TV3 on that one. Um, tomorrow night, the Bernabeu. It's Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey semifinals. Barcelona visiting there. All right. Um, this could be a very sad call here. This is our good friend, AY. Uh, AY has been a known Chelsea fan. He makes it very known. A.Y., I think, uh, might be ready to uh, go scorched earth on his Chelsea Blues right now. A.Y., what's happening? How are you? Thank you for calling the show. Good to uh, know that you are still out there and good to hear from you. Yes, thank you, Glenn. How are you doing yourself? I'm doing fine. When I hear your voice, you know what? It just It's a calming voice. It's, it, it's a man of real calm, and, and I always love your thoughts on Chelsea. So it's great to hear your voice. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing just fine. All right, fire away. Okay, Glenn. Yes, you are right. I was talking about Chelsea, and I just thought, I just, it is so frustrating right now. Can you imagine, as I am, I'm thinking of where will Chelsea get nine points from in our next 14 game? Because... You know, in the Premier we are on 31 points, and once you get to 50, 40 points, you'll be 15. Can you imagine? Glenn, you know, Southampton, that is at the bottom of the league, has it double on us. This year, both home and away, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. So, and I'm telling you, the, the root of this, the cause of this, Graham Potter. Until, as long as we have Graham Potter here, 
Okay, but but anyway, let me let me just stop you for a second. Okay, you're fired up. I get it. I I feel for you. I know you're a big Chelsea fan. They're coming off a two nil loss to Tottenham. Um, look, they're they're just buying players. I don't know what the rhyme and reason is. By the way, somebody hired Graham Potter, right? Somebody felt he was ready for the job. We know he's been a good manager in the league. Uh, this is a big job, though, comparatively. Um, but I, I I have to go to leadership, ownership. Uh, the people in the decision-making department, it just seems like they're acquiring pieces. I don't know how it's all going to fit. Um, so as much as we can go bag on the manager, I think we have to bag on the ownership, and I think we have to bag on you know, the people making the decisions and trying to put this team together. I hope Christian Pulisic, by the way, gets out of there. I hope he gets out of Dodge. He needs a different team. I'd love to see him actually go to La Liga uh, in, in my mind. But... You know, I, I understand Potter and, and why you would be fired up at him. But I think we have to focus in on leadership and management and, and the haphazard way of how they're acquiring pieces and trying to build this team. But, Glenn, look, you know, it's, 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 some people compare the Ateta project to this Graham Potter's project, which is, which, which is two different things. As you could see, Ateta had a vision. He got rid of the people that wasn't ready to follow his vision. I see where he has to be. Oh, Graham Potter, he has no vision. It is glary. It, it, it is so glary. He has no vision. Not, not, for, not for Chelsea. Can, it was said that he was doing well at Brighton. But you see, Brighton is a middle, is a, is a middle team. Chelsea is not a middle team. It, so there are two different teams. Yeah, no and question. It's it's definitely a why a step up in challenge and pressure and all those other things. Um, I don't think they should have fired Thomas Tuchel, quite frankly. Oh, you see, it's just I've, I've been supporting this club for like twenty years. I have not seen something this bad in twenty years. Yeah, it's bad. Well, lots of lots of things, lots of things happening. Abramovich is gone. You know, it's just been a lot of turmoil. Ay, thank you so much for the call. As always, good stuff on Chelsea. We appreciate it. So, Ay, weighing in there, and uh, yeah, the Chelsea supporters groups in Houston have been pretty quiet lately, and that's what happens when your team's not doing as well. But that's when you really got to step up, you know, and show your support. I, I, I think um, to a point. Um, you know, as long as you feel management and ownership is is getting the job done. A um, couple of things here. Uh, male Player of the Year, Leo Messi. FIFA on Monday. Female player, Alexi Puteas. Now, she's an excellent player for FC Barcelona. She was not the best player in the world last year. She was an icon in her status in helping grow the women's game. I don't think any question... She was excellent in La Liga and Champions League with Barcelona. She bested Alex Morgan and Beth Mead. Now, I think Beth Mead should have won the award based on the performance um, and the year she had leading England to the European Championship. She had six goals in that tournament. Um, so, you know, the awarding of award, you know, you, know, you have to wonder what the, the, the status is sometimes. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from Puteas. I love watching her play the game. But I think, I think uh, in my opinion, Beth Mead should have won uh, the female player of the year in the world. Puteas, though, is definitely through her presence, uh, her play, 
uh, her notoriety helping to grow the game on the women's side in a big, big way. Uh, I, there, there is no doubt about that. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to, uh, well, I called it a postage stamp, upper corner, hit with tremendous power. This ended up being the game winner. This is sound by 21. Arsenal goes up 1-0. Bukayo Saka. Sinchenko. Bukayo Saka twisting. You know, when Andrew, I look through the glass because I always like when, when it's a good goal and it's something to do with Arsenal, it's always funny because I always watch him because I see the smile pop on his face, even if he's having a long day because he has a long day in here. But he always has a smile on his face when he, you know, let, let's give Andrew another one. How about Martinelli's second goal? That was a little bit of a bizarre play uh, in that they thought he was offside at first. He wasn't uh, a defender. Obviously, for Everton, just I'm not to protect his identity. I'm not going to say his name, but uh, just caught dwelling on the ball. It was unbelievable. It's like he just stood there with his back to pressure for like about four or five seconds, and uh, the ball's won. And here's Gabriel Martinelli. Erdogan got it back from Jorginho as we head into four minutes of stoppage time. Gay's been caught on it. Martinelli's in. Yeah, what a day! And now uh, Arsenal. Continues to fend off the challengers. I've had an awful lot of people coming to me saying, well, this is the end. They're going to swoon now. Somehow they're finding a way. What did Arteta say? Arteta said this today. He said he believes Arsenal has to train themselves to be relentless in the title race. 4-0 victory over Everton. Saka, Martinelli with a pair, Odegaard, all their big attackers producing goals, producing plays. He then went on to say it's something we have to finish, uh, talk about, discuss, and build on. It's not easy. It comes through experience. Arsenal will host Bournemouth on Saturday. 13 games to go. That's still a lot of points. This is not over. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Mexico in danger. Tuca Ferretti had that quote and comment uh, about some of the things going on in Mexico that's damaging the Mexican game. We've got Dynamo Talk here tonight. Uh, we got a really good set of guests here tonight. Really excited about this show and bringing this to you. Take a break. Uh, we want to remind you here, seek performance, find luxury. You go to Advantage BMW in Midtown. You talk to Justin. You talk to Steven. You're going to experience premium service down there. It's tailored for you. You get to the sales team. They'll help you find the perfect new certified pre-owned or pre-owned vehicle. You will discover something special, trust me, at Advantage BMW in Midtown. Once you get the vehicle, the service center, they'll put your time first. They're going to work with you. I love the service part of it for me. Like I've told you many times on this show, I can't get under the hood of the car. I never got that gene. I was never taught that. I wish I knew that. In fact, I'm pretty jealous of people who can do that kind of work. Um, But I can't, and that's why I need the service center dedicated to me. Advantage BMW in Midtown. This is Soccer Matters ESPN 97.5. Brought to you by the legendary John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. Time now for Glenn to name today's big winner. We're a winner. All I do is win. 
from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, all of you out there are winners. You're tuning in here tonight. Still one of my favorite songs, Hot Chocolate. Everyone's a winner. This bit right here is great. God, I'd love to be up there just to do that part. Right there. All right. uh, So this winner this week is a man of humility, too, which makes him a double winner for me because I love humility in sports. Uh, I love humility in human beings. Lionel Scaloni, FIFA World Cup Coach of the Year, was voted uh, the number one coach in the world, won the award after leading Argentina to the World Cup title. He just got a new deal with the Argentine FA. Now, just remember how much criticism this guy took from his own fans. Oh, he's not good enough for the job. Uh, I had people and guests on this show that bagged on him. Yeah, he turned out to be a good tactician. He turned out to be a very steady, composed, humble hand. And most importantly, he had a very good relationship with Lionel Messi. Or equally as important. This is next level stuff. So good for him. Um, I love Scaloni. I think with the passionate Argentine player, his composure was a wonderful thing. And don't forget, he made a great tactical move with Di Maria on the left side in the World Cup final. Okay, no question. So good for him. Lionel Scaloni. I'm also going to bring in Ten Hag. Manchester United. For his leadership, his staff, putting that together, turning around Manchester United. You watch him... And you are watching a decision-making leader. Not a guy that's just dipping his toe in the water. This guy makes decisions, takes responsibility, takes accountability. What he's done with Sancho, what he did with Ronaldo, what he did with Harry Maguire. By the way, another great manager move. Brought Maguire on at the end of the Moose Cup so that he could lift the trophy after being the captain for many, many years, right? Unbelievable subtle moves like that. Winners are real leaders as managers, so good for Ten Hag. All right, so that's our Lionel Scaloni and uh, Ten Hag. I love seeing managers turn teams around. I like what Arteta's doing. All right, so on the heels of just talking about Ten Hag there, let's drop this uh, soundbite 11. Gary Neville definitely loves to talk. Let's uh, drop this soundbite from Gary Neville on United's growth under ETH. We went to interview Eric Ten Hag four days after the 4-0 against Brentford. And if you remember, he'd taken them for a run on the Sunday and gone out and taken them running, which was a bit old school. And at the time, I was thinking, I'm not sure this group of players are going to enjoy this. And at that point, he did assume control. They beat Liverpool on the Monday after. And that was a massive turning point. And I can't believe where we are now today from where we were, going back to that sort of six months ago when United lost 4-0 to Brentford. It's It was unthinkable that we'd be sat here with a trophy in the bank and thinking like this about this team, let alone the manager. How about that? That was good. He brought up the run. That was after, I think, Brentford scored a bunch of goals on him. The other important thing was, I I, I think, the fact that the Brentford game and then the City game, and we've said this repeatedly on this show, but, you know, when you get backed against the wall, when you get embarrassed and there's healthy shaming in sports, sorry, that's a part of it. There's healthy shaming in life, too. We all make mistakes. Um, so when there's healthy shaming, you got to react. And I, and and he had to react early. He had to react early with the Ronaldo situation. He had to react early, uh, with these two devastating losses here. And you heard Gary Neville there 
Unthinkable was the word he used. So for everybody who's a Manchester United fan, and you get critical of things, understand the turnaround that this man has helped engineer. And he's done it with his staff as well. He's brought winners in like Casemiro, Erickson. These types of players are winners. Um, so uh, you really got to celebrate um, the fact that this team has turned it around. Unthinkable was a great word there from Gary Neville because to turn teams around, uh, it's, it's not easy. And it does not come with real leadership. It does not come with bold decisions that hit and work. And that's exactly uh, kind of what happened there uh, with him. All right, Jurgen Klinsman now is the new uh, South Korea coach, believe it or not. They always qualify for the World Cup. So in 2026, who knows? Jurgen and company uh, might come right here to Houston, Texas, since uh, the great city of Houston earned the right to host the World Cup. Um, another note here on a U.S. national team player, Luca Della Torre uh, made the team of the week in La Liga for Celta Vigo. So. Uh, that's a good one as well. All right. Um, phone calls. 713-780-3776. Quick hit here on the Dynamo Cincinnati. Um, okay. Opening game. Not too much judgment you ever make. This is a better roster that's been assembled by the Houston Dynamo. Pat Onstad uh, in company. Um, there was one clear thing here. When you have a solid midfield on a team, that is the lifeblood. That is the vital link to better play out of a back four and better play out of front runners. Okay? So when you've got Hector Herrera, you've got Artur, and you've got Coco Carasquilla as your three midfielders, this is a really good thing. These are three very, very good soccer players. I'm going to take you into that a little bit deeper, though, because there is a missing element there, I believe. But this is the lifeblood of your team. Three talented players. Bruce Arena is already talking about the Houston Dynamo midfield ahead of the game uh, in New England this weekend. By the way, there's going to be you know, possibly the field's going to have to be cleaned off of snow. It's going to be cold. It'll be in the 30s. So the the elements are going to make it a bit of bit of a challenge. Um, so I thought the midfield got themselves in this game um, and really. Uh, showed us some real promise there. The other thing that really stood out was Hector Herrera offset pieces. Of course, he delivered uh, the ball that the Dynamo scored on from Tate Schmidt, the the left back. Uh, The Dynamo clearly missing a couple of players right now. There's no question. Sebas Ferreira was subbed out, designated player, really didn't. He had one one look maybe. Um, I think he was in the vicinity of about 35 touches. Much of that was coming back into midfield with his back to goal. Um, so he, he really didn't get a lot of looks. I, I do think the Dynamo, and I know Ben Olsen was talking a lot before the game about the wide game. Um, that's going to have to improve. I don't know who that's going to come from. I think the Dynamo did see a little glimmer of hope when um, they made some changes uh, in the second half. Uh, Bossy is going to have to come good when he's healthy. Um, Ivan Franco was very busy, did come central a lot. He was out wide on the left, but did come central. Actually, I think his better moments maybe were as he got a little bit more central in this game. But where does the width come from uh, in the future? Escobar, right back, obviously a seasoned player. I think he proved that to us in game one. Ethan Bartlow, I thought, had a bit of a, a little bit of a rough game. Looked a little bit nervous. Gave the ball away at times. Teenage Adabi, uh looked pretty solid. Um, 
Just got to make sure he stays on the field this year. I always get nervous when he goes in two-footed, which may be acceptable in uh, Africa when you play. I'm not sure. Or maybe in the Turkish Super League. But uh, I get a little nervous there. He's got to stay on the field. But the good news is he's had a full preseason just like Hector Herrera. And Hector Herrera has to step up. He's got to be one of the top three players every game for the Houston Dynamo. He's got to earn the DP status. He's got to make sure that that's in his wheelhouse. I think that's the expectation. Uh, the Dynamo are setting that. Um, so we'll see. But um, two-to-one loss at the end of the day. As Ben Olsen said, uh, they didn't get to take a lot out of the game. Here's soundbite number four uh, from a points perspective. The difficult part of this, this match is we take away nothing from a point standpoint. <clears throat> but I, I will say I'm, I'm, I was very encouraged uh, at the performance itself. Uh, a lot of really good individual performances on the team and collectively uh, much of what we've worked on over the last six weeks uh, came to fruition and, and I think caused them trouble uh, throughout the game in, in a bunch of different areas. Um, but, you know, that, that's uh, it's, it still hurts not to get something out of it. Uh, looking here at the stats, it was, again, a pretty good game both, both ways uh, and uh, Again, a little disappointed, but encouraged. So I, I have to break in here because I just got, I just got a, a notice here from AY. And as you know, when we were playing the song, uh, Everybody's a Winner, I said, everybody listening in tonight is a winner. AY has said, I am not a winner. I am supporting a losing team with a losing mentality. He's talking about his team, Chelsea. And then he goes on to say, unbelievable and unacceptable. But, hey, why? You're a winner as a person. I can tell you that. Your team may not be a winner right now, uh, but you're a great winner, hey, why? But that was great. That's funny. Okay, back to the Houston Dynamo. Um, Ben Olsen, number five, positive he's going to take from the game. There's so many positives. Um, Defensive structure, I thought transitions were pretty good on the defensive end. Offensively, I thought our, our... uh, the way we dictated the games and, and, and uh, our final third entries were good. Uh, set pieces were very good uh, all night. That we gave them trouble on set pieces. Uh, you know, I, I thought Hector was fantastic. I thought he was the, maybe the best player on the field. So there, there's a, there was a lot of positives, uh, but still you, you, we leave uh, one thing a little bit more out of that game. All right. Was Hector fantastic? I thought he was excellent. Maybe that's the same as fantastic. 713-780-3776, Dynamo fan, your opportunity to call in. So Ben Olsen, here's a couple of words he used. Structure, which to me is probably team shape. Um, Transition, dictating, final third entries. Okay, you know where that goes directly to? In improved midfield. Hector Herrera, Coco Carasquilla, and Artur. This is a better midfield. You have something to celebrate here, Houston Dynamo fan, is a better midfield. Now, the only real question around it, and there, there are some, and again, we're making early judgment here, but can Coco Carasquilla, in a career where he hasn't been a big goal scorer, he hasn't been a big assist man numbers-wise, can he produce? I'm not saying he's not going to get into good positions and areas. We saw that in the Cincinnati game. If Coco Karaskia put the right weight on an early pass, the Dynamo were up 1-0 at Cincinnati. He had Corey Baird, and he overhit it. He put too much weight on it, went over the end line, I think. Um, 
So these are the moments you got to really put a circle around and you got to be executioners. You, you, you got to finish plays. You can't just walk away game after game saying, yeah, it was great. We ch- created chances. Um, and the Dynamo had a problem creating chances last year. So the good thing is they did have a lot of, uh, they did have road chances. You also had an opportunity ran right at the heart of their defense. And then in the end, the finish wasn't there. Um, I don't, I don't doubt he's going to get into good positions to influence and create chances. The question is, will he, able to, will he be able to produce the final ball, the final thought? Uh, will he be able to score from longer range? And can he produce some numbers? Uh, because that's going to be important. Of course, that's going to be important for Bossy. That's why he's been brought here. That's going to be important for uh, Ivan as well. Franco, he's been brought here for that reason. And then you're going to have to get with, ultimately, from Escobar and Brad Smith, if he gets healthy, uh, to provide another, uh, you know, option and uh, variety in this attack. Um, And the key to unlocking Sebas Ferreira, to me, is going to be, you know, having a wide game and being able to to pull people out of the middle and give him a little bit more room and, and to have a balance of, this nice tight play between a three-man midfield, but also getting some width, getting delivery in, and satisfying his needs uh, as well as the center forward. He had 13 last year, but he didn't have a good look in this game, and he was basically looking at his own goalkeeper the whole game. All right. Clash. Living in fame. See, in the 80s, all these bands started to get into reggae. Everybody infused some reggae into their sounds. They cut an album. You put a, you put a reggae track on there. Everybody was doing it. Stones, Clash, on and on you go. There's a horn in there. I mean, it's very cool. So, that's the Clash. We're going to break here. A quick word here for John Daspit, the Daspit Law Firm, our presenting sponsors. John and his firm... Personal injury attorneys, look, they're going to work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. There's nobody you want on board representing you if you get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident other than the Daspit Law Firm. 713-322-HURT. 713-322-HURT. They're bilingual. DaspitLaw.com on your side. 713-322-HURT. They've been supporting Soccer Matters, the great game of football. They are our presenting sponsors. We'll take a break here. Let's keep it rolling here. Soccer Matters ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. Time now for Glenn to name today's Big Loser. I'm a loser. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. Well, um, I'm not going to pile on Chelsea because AY would want Chelsea to be the losers. So why don't you? All right. 
Jose Mourinho, he was sent off in a 2-1 to loss. Said he was provoked by the fourth official. Number 19, Cremonense. Cremonese beat Roma, who's now number five. They're out of a Champions League spot. Late penalty from Siofani, 2-1. to one. Roma's out of the top four. Jose Mourinho's been sent off. I believe he has more red cards than any player in the league uh, as a manager. Don't forget, he did that really mean thing to the doctor of Chelsea, Eva Carnero, who won a big lawsuit off the field. He blamed a loss on her once. All right, Jose, you are not fantastic. All right. All right, welcome back. Soccer Matters ESPN 97.5, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. A lot of great goals this weekend, uh, no question about it. By the way, the Mexican thing I was talking about, Tuca Ferretti was just talking about the fact that simply uh, Mexican opportunity for young players is not there, combined with the fact that there's not enough competition against South American teams and and, and more competitive tournaments. Um, I don't think this is anything new, but he was pretty bold in speaking about it, and I love how... Old Tuca Ferretti is now taken over at Cruz Azul. All right, let's continue the Dynamo talk. We'll start with uh, Victor Ariza, who joins us now of the Striker. Victor, welcome into the show. Hey, Glenn. Uh, always glad to be on. All right, you disagree with me. You don't think it's a better roster. Tell me why. No, um, I don't. I, I think, look, and, and I'll preface this by saying that, you know, if Bossy turns out to be an MVP caliber type player, then, then obviously my whole argument falls apart, right? Uh, but I, I don't think the issue, you know, I think the level is comparable to what it was last year. I think they just swapped, you know, 13 bodies for 14. But, but overall, I do think it is the same. Might be even worse if you consider some of the options off the bench. There's nobody, there's no veteran presence uh, to come on and help you win games, right? This, this, uh, the four substitutions in Cincinnati, uh, guys that were all 23 years and younger, Griffin Dorsey was the most experienced player with about 3,000 minutes, I mean... Okay, let me, stop, uh, let, me stop, kinda... let me just stop you there before we forget that. It doesn't matter how old they are, does it? No, but I mean, I'm saying I don't think the experience, the quality is necessarily there in some of these subs. doesn't mean it won't get there. I just don't think they're there now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I do think, look, obviously it's hopeful, positive. Everybody wants to see the good things. And I do think there are some good things that were done. Automatically, the set pieces were better, right? But I do think... You know, and especially with, um, you know, if we had a more pressing uh, fan base, a more pressing market like with the other teams here in town, oh. you know, some of these moves aren't enough, right? Um, and, and I'll yeah. tell you what, just a few examples, too. Some of the departures that left, right, are guys that could have helped you out if, you know, again, uh, under the right circumstances uh, with a coach, right, that can get the most out of these players. Na- 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 right? Name them. You got to name, name, name those players. Right, Papa Pico getting an assist with Nashville over the weekend. Tim Parker on a corner kick, right, scoring. Uh, uh, come on, Victor, you're, ch- you're, nah, you're cherry picking because a guy had an assist for Nashville in the verse game. Tim Parker didn't score a goal for the Dynamo. Um, look, Tim Parker was also moved to create cap space. So I, I don't know. I think that's cherry picking right, a little but who bit. Did you replace him with? And people are complaining over the weekend about Ethan Bartlow not being ready, right? Well, it's one game. They're complaining I mean, about Kip, Kip Keller up in Austin, too, who had a nightmare, right? They're, they they want to hang the kid in effigy. Half these people haven't even kicked a soccer ball. I mean, look, Tim Parker was let go because there was just too much investment in defenders. You and I have talked about this on the radio show, right? Um, 
I agree with you. I think on paper this is a better roster. And you know why this team's a better team right now? Simply because of two moves, Franco Escobar and Artur. And now you have a midfield of three very competent players that can compete. Now, whether they're going to be able to supply their front runners, we'll find that out. Whether, uh, uh, if in fact he's going to stay as a high midfielder, Coco Karaskia can deliver not only, you know, the effort, but also the execution and make plays, that's a big deal. Um, I think Nelson Quinones could, could turn out to be a good threat off the bench. I think you finally really got a wide game with him and a threat in behind. I would love to see if he can push to potentially be a starter on occasion. Now, look, um, to, to say the roster's better based on a team that's made the playoffs once in nine years, uh, you know, it could be very subtle, right? It's a little bit better. Yeah. It's a little and bit I, better. And, and it also, it also to your point, is Amin Bossi going to come good? Is Ivan Franco going to come good? Is Brad Smith going to come off an ACL injury? These are all things we don't know right now. They're unknowns. So I don't want to make, you know, I don't want a judgment uh, on one game. Nobody does. But to, 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 to my point, it's, this, this has got to be a better team as long as there's a buy-in with simply what's going on in midfield and the right-back position. I still think they need a creator, Glenn. I think with a creative player that can win you a game, you take three points in Cincinnati. And I think, it, again, if we had a market, right, and, and we do. Yeah, we but I never, and I never said we didn't need a creator. I just said it's a better roster. We, we still do need a creator. I think the Dynamo are hoping it's going to be either a, a mean bossy or it's going to be Ivan Franco, right? I mean, that's the big circle we've put around on this show is we've said one of these guys has got a hit, and he's got a hit in a real way. It can't be, you know, can he turn it on in six months or how long is it going to adjust? I, I think that's why right. we have a little bit of, you know, hesitation out here because, you know, it's always an unknown, right? No, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's, always, a big, it's always a gamble, right? There's never a for sure thing. There's never a guy that comes in and helps in from day one. I think that's the biggest thing. Again, uh, they absolutely should have uh, taken a point, could have taken all three points. Uh, you know, I think with a little bit more more pressure, more demanding public. But I think, again, we, we are trying to look at the positives and say, well, in hindsight, there was a road game and, you know, they got the home opener on the 18, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, this could have been a real opportunity, I think. And, you know, if they fix some of these mistakes, they'll be a better team in 2023. But it could also go the other way. Yeah, no, I look, like a lot of teams in MLS now, but more so the desperation and urgency is there for the Dynamo and their fan base and their product in the city and, and how they present it to the public. Uh, being a winner, um, look, I, I think this team is going to be pushing – for the, the the back end of the playoff spots, but uh, there's no question. It, it, it you know Coco Carasquia has played for Panama as a deeper lying midfielder or a number eight. He's not a pure number ten. And you and I were speaking on the phone earlier today or yesterday, where you know if he puts in Corey Baird there and you score the first goal on the road, I mean this is this is the difference between Ben Olsen saying it was a great game and we took nothing out of it. Or saying, yeah, it was a great game, and we took points on the road. Yeah, but historically, I mean, it's going to be a great game for, you know, but we didn't take anything for, for several games. Look at the teams that did take some wins over the weekend, right? On the road, New England, Minnesota, right up in Dallas, St. Louis over in Austin. 
um, RSL even over in Vancouver. I mean, that's the difference to me in, in taking away. And I, and I think, fine, the excuse of a new coach, new system, all this, right? Um, but I do think at, at a certain point, especially after that, I think that home game, first of all, has become more yeah, win, right? With the way off the start tough. season. It's, it's tough for us and it's tough for the fan base because we've been in a perpetual rebuild here, right? And, right. And, and, but that's not Ben Olsen's fault. Uh, but, you know, it's not. But those but, are the circumstances but, that he's walking but into. They I mean, are, no, yeah, and they, gotta, the they, and they have to turn it around. But they, you know, to your point, the, the, the pressure is, you know, you always hear, well, the pressure's, you know, we, 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 we bring the pressure on ourselves. We don't have the healthy pressure in Houston, but we don't need to go down that path. We've talked about that forever on this show. We do not have any healthy soccer pressure in this town. This is, this is the most healthy, fair assessment of the Houston Dynamo you will get in this entire city. Everything else is with the glasses on. We're soccer people. We're football people. We want to talk about these things. It's intriguing to see if Coco Karaskia can play as a number 10 and produce plays there. That's a big question mark. Nobody's, nobody's questioning that he's a good soccer player. Nobody's questioning that he's a guy that is not going to give you 100%. I mean, you know, you, he sticks out. But can he make plays? Can he put Corey Baird in and can we score? And can Corey Baird score no, that goal? None of these guys have yeah, been consistent Reina, goal a, scorers or, 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 or yeah. chance creators. Something has to, to come out of that. We can get all the final entry, third entry data we get in the world, but if we're not punishing people for it, oh, well, our, our ability to do that, to then we're not going to win games. More shots on goal. Yeah. No, but I do think, again, just, you know, when, when you do look at, the, at some of the hard numbers, I mean, two touches inside the box for Ferreira. I mean, this guy has shown to be a goal scorer, but is this going to be the same problem with him, for example? Well, well, I mean, me, that's, yeah, that's going to be the big theme of, the, of this season. Yeah, so let me take you into him, Victor. We're talking to Victor Arise of the striker. Um, you know, he gets criticism uh, from a lot of people, and he had 13 last year. Um, I'm on record saying if, if you get more of a wide game, he can score more goals for you. How do you feel about Sebas Ferreira as a DP? I think they need to find him more. I mean, I think he's, for this game, a lot, right? Um, you know, he's a number nine that you're bringing into the midfield a lot, right? And I get he's got to, you know, fight for balls and help the team sometimes. But for a lot of the game, I mean, he's, he's having to come into midfield. He's, he's almost like, like a chicken running around with his head cut off, right? I mean, that's not what you want for a number nine, for a successful number nine, right? You want to keep him inside the box. You feed him opportunities. That's where you talked about the wide game getting that better. I think if you put him on on the better MLS roster, that's a guy that gets you you know upwards of 15 goals uh, this year. This year, you know, 20 maybe, right? Um, you got to find a way to unlock them. And I think th- those are the warning signs to me that I see out of this first game, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to go full on full on with the with the alarm bells, but I do think there are signs here that are similar to last year, similar to the year before. They have to do with depth. They have to do with the roster build. And if they don't get addressed, which I have no hope that they will, um, you know, that's why I, when fans ask me what, what were my expectations for the season, that's why I don't see a difference for this year. I've, there's different faces, right? And I think that I can be deceptive, right? And I can, you know, a Franco Escobar, right? Well, what if he's injury prone now, right? There might be a reason why LAFC didn't resign him. Um, 
you know, our third, I think the same, the same thing. Well, they right? found a player that they were more comfortable in the right back position than Franco Escobar, but Escobar's won titles. This, this is, uh, I, I think he had a good starting game. I think uh, we heard Ben Olsen say he didn't want to push him too much. I've got a lot of, you know, look, I, I, again, question mark. Can Nelson Quinones get more minutes? Can, can he be a difference maker with his pace? Can Amin Bossi come good? Can Ivan Franco come good? Can Brad Smith turn into that guy that we used to see in Seattle coming off an ACL on the field? and go and go box to box? Well, I mean, he's coming off he's coming off a serious injury. It's always a gamble taking somebody with an ACL, but the, you know you do have to take gambles. But I, I agree with you. The, who who is the chance creator on this team? Who is the playmaker? Um, and who's going to consistently be that person? That's that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, to me, that's, that's why I just, you know, and again, the biggest test of all of this is going to be in the summer, right? And, and at that point, you know, your first, your primary transfer window would have already closed. You mm-hmm. do very little to uh, maneuver your roster. There's only one month in, in July, which, you know, for some reason, always it's, it's always kind of a last minute thing, right? We always hear about rumors, you know, halfway into the month, and it's always players that get in, uh, you know, in August, mid-August, September, so... You know, that's why if I look at just this roster here today, and, and this is what you have for this year, I, I find it very difficult, even with the ninth spot. Okay, let right, me, let me, let me, let me back, you, back you up. Victor of the striker. Don't you think it's an improved, more comfortable midfield? Don't you think uh, when you heard Ben Olsen talking about the game that uh, this team, because there are three very good players in midfield, now I'm not saying the playmaker elements there yet, that's a question mark, and uh, I'm not sure there is a natural playmaker there, but with that three in midfield, you, you have a more stable team. Um, they look the more stable team. I don't think there's any question from that game in Cincinnati. Um, simply replacing Artur in the Matias Vera role improves you, right? Having Hector Herrera there for a full season um, improves it. Yeah, and again, you know, having him on the field, you have more danger from... You know, the one goal they scored came off a corner. They had several corners where they could have, you know, done something there. Herrera had a free kick. You know, I don't, I'm not saying that there's nothing positive to point at, right? But I think eventually you do have to convert those chances as well. Um, when you're not generating, you know, with all, with everything else yep. you have. Yep. And, no, no question. You know, it's is, been it, a, is it it's... better? Yes. I think it's better, but is it better to lift you up from, you know, second to last in the West? upwards into the top nine or, or, you know, are you still going to be hovering around that 10th that, place spot? That's to be seen and chance creation and scoring goals and making plays in the final third of the field is going to be a big one. And to your point, you know, the team you're playing this weekend, New England, has got maybe the best player in the league, Carlos Hill, right? Um, this guy's going to create chances every single game for you. Uh, no question at all. Uh, so, there you go. So we were talking about visa issues last year, potentially with Houston. Uh, Gustavo Bo actually missed the game. I think the one in Charlotte, uh, they managed to get in a way win. So, I mean, that tells you how dangerous that, that team is. Yeah, they won one nothing. Uh, Kessler getting the goal in front of 68,000 people. Came off winning a ball high up the field, and, and Kessler just finished it off. He had a big game. Um, but, yep, yeah, it's going to be important to see what the Dynamo do. The weather's going to play a part in this one this weekend. Uh, good stuff, Victor. I love the passion. I, I love the points you've brought up. Led to good discussion. We need more of this. I hope there's a few people out there that can bring game like Victor did here tonight uh, because we need you to start talking. 
Um, just can't be, uh, you know, everything's perfect because first game of the season, there were positives. You still lost 2-1. to one. By the way, Victor, singing happy birthday to a coach after you lose 3-2 to two in Austin, that's the first thing you do in a post-game press conference? What is that about? You just threw the game away to St. Louis 3-2. to two. And the communication, yeah. I don't know, somebody was singing happy birthday to Ben Olsen. I thought that was, I mean, uh, to, to uh, Josh, yeah, Wolf. Josh Wolf. I thought that was bizarre. It was the weirdest press conference I've ever seen in my life. Well, they're a little weird up in Austin. They like that. Oh, that's right. you got to keep Austin weird. So you know what? <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. It's okay. All right, we'll take a break. Thank you very much, Victor. Anytime, Glenn. All, right. All right, so that's Victor Ariza. Good stuff there. I like that kind of passion. Leads to good discussion. Nobody can be upset with that. That's fun talk. It's good talk. It's people passionate. We need more and more about that, uh, more and more of that kind of conversation. That grows the game in Houston. Um, we need it. Um, by the way, Just Fontaine uh, passed away at 89 years of age. You might ask who he is. He's French, um, historic player for France. Died at 89. He had 13 goals in a single World Cup in 1958. Uh, and by the way, that time he had 13 goals in that 1958 World Cup, um, he was a last-minute addition to the roster. So there's a guy that held a lot of records. We'll take a break. Soccer Matters ESPN 97.5, presented by the Daspit Law Firm. You going to answer that? To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. The Affordable Care Act continues to be a complex regulation, and employers must comply. Visit hrp.net for help. 